pleasure to be here. Thank I mean, the pleasure is all mine, John. And of course, with the Ocala Arts and Entertainment Podcast, I'm your host, Sean Thomas. We always kick things off with a smile or two, you know. <laughs> In this case, it could be one smile with John, right? John. Or we might get two. <laughs> Listen, um, you are in for a treat because I'm sitting here with a wonderful soul, John Elliott, who I met recently. And um, John ended up at my rhythmic doorstep where I do some drumming and invite the community. And the way how he stood with his camera and came to do some, you know, photo, capture some of what we were doing, you know, he made me realize that this guy is serious about taking photos of images. So our conversation today will start off with John being age 14 and stepping into having his wonderful photographs, uh, a newspaper is going to now invite you to share some of your work with them. But before that, John, I know you are in Florida. And what happened for you to want to move in the direction of being a photographer? Hmm. <clears throat> well, before Florida, there was New York City. Oh! I grew up in the mean streets of New York City, right. uh, a few blocks from Harlem. And uh, I was surrounded by different cultures. Right. Uh, we used to go downtown and go to all of the ethnic restaurants and all of the markets and hear all of the languages so this is in my blood mm. and uh, my father was very cosmopolitan he was interested in the world and he shared that and uh, so I had friends from all sorts of backgrounds and uh, at the age of 13 he announced to me and my two sisters and my mom oh we're moving to Florida so oh. that was devastating to all of us because you know we we had our our friends and our familiarity right but I'm uh, inherently a fairly adventuresome person right so we moved down to Florida moved to Coral Gables Florida and uh, I immediately started trying to learn Spanish because all these Cuban American kids were there okay. in the junior high school talking and I want to know what they were saying yes so now junior high school is important because it was there that I took a drafting class and part of the class was uh, learning about typography and setting type, but the other part was darkroom and cameras. Oh, <clears throat> so that was kind of uh, osm osmosis. I learned about the darkroom, I learned about the camera and how to do exposures. And it was fascinating to me because I love gadgets and I love visual things. Yes. I'm an artist at heart. <clears throat> this is my principal core. Is, yes. is to be an artist. Yes. <clears throat> I didn't recognize it back then. But uh, so with that information at age 14, I started trying to save up for money for a camera. Mm. And uh, I was able to get a small camera, a very simple camera, a 35 millimeter film camera. And I started going around and taking pictures. And now there was a site that was under construction, uh, a mini skyscraper, maybe eight stories tall. Right. And I snuck into the 
construction site, which mm -hmm. I used to do in New York City. We used to go all over the projects and sneak in and get in trouble and jeopardize <laughs> yeah, our lives. To get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And uh, not not the good kind of trouble like John Lewis right. promotes, but yeah. <laughs> bad trouble where the police were chasing us. Yes. So I snuck into the construction site because I wanted to go to the top. And I took my, I had my camera and I started taking pictures of the scenes and the construction on the top. Mm. And so I developed that in my little closet dark room and I had these pictures. Now the local newspaper, the Coral Gables Times Guide, was the only newspaper that I knew. I didn't know about the Miami Herald really. Right. So I, I went there and I showed them the pictures and I kind of pushed my way into getting them to publish them. And they okay. did the next week, Beautiful. and that was a huge excitement for me, you know, that you, you get your first publishing. And then in 1972, the Republican and Democratic conventions came to Miami Beach. And so I convinced my mom to let me take the bus down, because we didn't have a car. Uh, and I rode the bus down for a couple days and walked all around and the hippies and the zippies were down there. Mm -hmm. And I got to see all sorts of craziness and fights with the police and tension and drugs and everything you know it was like all of a sudden and so I had my camera there and I took pictures of that right and so all of this frenzy and activity was really exciting to me I realized that I loved taking pictures of activities and, and events that mm -hmm. were topical um, and so I used those pictures for my high school class in, in journalism and and this actually became a little portfolio for me, these pictures. Right. I started looking when I was a junior in high school, what's a good school to go to for journalism? And so a um, number of schools, but then there was Ohio University, <clears throat> which not, had not only journalism, but fine arts photography. Right. So that sealed the deal. And I drove up with my mom 26 hours from Miami to uh, Athens, Ohio, and started going to school there. And that was a huge excitement for me. So the support is there from both mom and dad, what you're doing. Well, what kind of reaction are you getting from them when you first landed that, yes, from the newspaper, we will publish this set of photos or one photo? Or, what kind of reaction are you getting from them to say, hey, my, my photo is now going to be in this newspaper? Hmm. Well, my mom was always very supportive. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my father at the time were, was out of the picture. My parents got divorced about this time right. when I was 16 or 17. Okay. Um, and he was always in his own world. <clears throat> uh, he was a difficult father, very abusive, and so we were glad that they were divorced. But my mom was always very supportive, and just about anything that I was interested in, she was really endorsing. Right. Uh, I was also interested in music and um, traveling and things like that. She's always been very supportive, so I consider her a saint. Yes. She's passed yes. on now. She died yes. from the COVID a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, at age that. almost 101. Oh. So I, I can't complain. We can't complain, me and my sisters. But she was always very supportive and gave me her blessings and showed a lot of interest and appreciation and talked to her friends about what was going on. <clears throat> so, 
Uh, she was happy that I found a place at, at Ohio University. Ohio. Yes. Yeah. So she's making this trip with you. 26 miles? You 26 say? hours. 26 hours. Yeah, it's a long drive with your mother. And is it uh, <laughs> with your sisters too? Or no, they, 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 they were older than me. They had already done their thing. And, okay, so... Yeah, I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> <laughs> so you're making your way to Ohio to start your fine arts degree journey. Yeah. Um, how did that um, unfold? How, how did things happen there for you in terms of meeting, networking with folks and building your career and you know, how did that turn out? Mm. Well, Ohio University was a huge eye-opener for me mm -hmm. because not only did I learn more about journalism and photography, but I learned about the world. Right. And I became right. involved, first I did the journalistic thing, I joined the, uh, the yearbook staff and I was given the position of managing editor, which was really feather in my cap. Right. Um, that journalism phase, I, I was actually a cartoonist for the newspaper one year or two, but mm -hmm. that was kind of slowly fading away as the fine arts came into it. I learned art history, right. which is super important if you want to pursue any medium. You need to know the art history, going back to the cave drawings. Okay. And uh, I was also learning about, politically, the world. Mm. Now, uh, one of the things that was going on at the time was apartheid was uh, very much in the news, South Africa, and uh, I decided that I wanted our student senate, which I was a part of, I was a commissioner in the student senate, I said, we need to divest our university from stocks that are supporting South African government. Mm. And so that was a big big part of my life for a year and a half and finally when I was a senior at the end of the year the university did announce that they were divesting from the South African supporting stocks and okay. thereafter uh, apartheid was dissolved and South Africa was free uh, Nelson Mandela was freed so I'm just mentioning this because my eyes were beginning to widen my perspective was beginning to widen course, about the real of world course, of course uh, diversity, I was very much involved. Uh, one year I was the Commissioner of Minority and Women's Affairs, so I, got, I started uh, planning events mm -hmm. that would promote diversity and attention to African American culture, uh, diversity uh, in the uh, LGBTI community, okay. Okay. and bringing artists to spend some of the student senate money to bring these groups to perform right. and to amplify their messages. Mm -hmm. So that was all became very important to me. Uh, I became very much a human rights advocate in right. a lot of ways and also I started being, being an animal rights advocate. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I started campaigning against some of the most horrific things that were going on uh, which is like uh, steel, dog, steel jaw leg traps mm -hmm. which trapped mm -hmm. Uh, bears and other animals and it's extremely cruel hmm. uh, and I started my journey to become a vegan at that time right this this was the seeds for, for me becoming a vegan <clears throat> first vegetarian so everything was the uh, university that those four years and then I went to Harvard University and I studied Arabic I learned about the Middle East and Islam <clears throat> and uh, so it was just a matter of, of flowering of my interests and my attention mm -hmm. to the greater world. Yes, yes. 
So all of that took place at Ohio University. And now you're heading in to learn Arabic and, and that kind of stuff at Harvard. Tell us about what is happening after Harvard. Because at some point, you being a photographer for the U.S. Army, that's coming up later on. Yeah, uh, much later, yeah. Much later on, that's coming up. So you're now at Harvard, so you migrated from Ohio. You're into Harvard. Mommy is in the picture still. She's... Sure, yeah. She's always sent me money. You know, we were living uh, paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. My mom was newly divorced, and this is back when women didn't have a lot of equity. Right. You know, right. women didn't have credit line, line of credit. Oh, yeah. She had oh, to yeah. start fresh. Oh, yeah. And she lived in a very small apartment. And when I went back every uh, vacation time, I was embarrassed by, by the situation. You know, right, it was very right. uh, humbling. But as I traveled, I realized, well, no matter what, we're so much better off yes, than, than a lot of seven-eighths of the world. Yes. That's the reality. So <clears throat> I had to put everything in perspective. Uh, and so... When I finished my undergraduate studies, I went back to Florida and I started working on some um, my master's, my MBA. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I started working for an insurance company in their, as an audiovisual specialist. Right. So I was able to use my photography and my communications. And they had a program where they would pay for us to go through to get our master's in an MBA. Right. <clears throat> uh, and I also studied at Florida International University. I studied computer science and some other technical things. But always photography was there. I was always doing my, uh, in fact, even in my mom's small apartment, I had a closet where I had my darkroom. <clears throat> so I would use photography. And uh, one of the first jobs I got before the insurance company, I was for about six months, I was a portrait photographer for Bryn Allen Studios in Tampa. I was trained in Tampa, and then I went back to uh, South Florida. I took pictures all day of seniors' portraits. We oh, had okay. seven portraits, and also corporate portraits. And it was so stultifying and boring. I just couldn't stand it. Yeah. But it was really good background because I can take really good portraits of people now. Right. <laughs> and that's helped me when I when I became an audiovisual specialist in the insurance company. I had to do a lot of portraits of executives and take pictures for the annual report under a lot of pressure. And of course, let's keep this all in mind that this is the days of film right. where you took your picture. If you didn't have the settings just right, the mm. next day your film came back. And if it wasn't just right, you were in trouble with everybody, your subject and your boss. Oh, so man. this is a lot of tension, a lot of pressure back then. It's not like today where you've got the ability to, to fudge things. Yeah. Right, right. You could fix things as you go. <laughs> so all of this was really good basic uh, information, foundational mm -hmm. information. Um, so there were a couple of other odd jobs that I had before I worked for the insurance company. Uh, I drove a taxi for about six weeks in Miami, okay. the, the night shift from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., had a lot of adventures there, but I met some really cool people right. in downtown Miami, saw a lot of, of uh, crime. Mm. Um, but all of this was ex exciting to me, because remember, I like adventure. Yes. Right? I'm an adventurous yes. person. I'm not afraid of, of things being challenging. You know, I think we all grow with challenges. 
and that's always been a, a part of my life. So then uh, for I, I fell in love with a young lady. Uh, she broke my heart. Oh boy. I, I decided to quit the insurance company and I decided to go off on a big adventure in the Mediterranean countries, Europe and North Africa. And I wanted to practice my Arabic. I wanted to learn more about Islam. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't have much money, but right. I just took off. I had a backpack. I had my camera and flash. And so that's where the Human Pulse series, this photography series that you'll hear more about, that is how uh, that began. That's where it started oh, because okay. everything kind of coalesced. My interest in people, my interest in harmony and brotherhood, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and the social mm -hmm. aspects, uh, put pouring light on diversity. That all came together when I was on my Mediterranean adventure that summer of 1980, what was right. it, 1983. Yes. Uh, so I started off in Spain. I backpacked. I slept on the beach. Uh, hmm. I went, took the boat across to North Africa. I, I had all sorts of tense, difficult challenges. Uh, and then I decided to cross the Sahara Desert uh, with my backpack. And that was a big adventure, very scary, sleeping at night under this huge blanket of stars. Wow. And uh, my, you know, we didn't have bottled water back then. So my, my, uh, hydration came from buying cucumbers in the mm -hmm. supermarket. I put cucumbers in my backpack and I would eat them. But that was the hottest I've ever been in my life when I entered the Sahara Desert. Mm -hmm. So I crossed the Sahara Desert successfully. I came to Tunisia and lo and behold I had this great opportunity to work for on a film. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about the life of Jesus Christ. It was called Anno Domini. And okay. so I became, uh, I worked briefly on that film and then I did that, and then I went into Italy. I had all sorts of very spiritual adventures there, well, seeing the so Basilica. There's a, there's a whole lot happening there. I mean, so far what you've said, this is almost like this could be a Netflix <laughs> documentary because you're talking about your heart being broken by this way you yeah. met. But then that is now propelling you into move even further so that you could start seeing and opening up your eyes more. And now you, you, you have your cucumber, you, <laughs> you, you, that's how you're going to be hydrated. Uh, I mean, that's a whole lot of stuff happening. Um, wow. 